There's nothing quite as comforting as gathering around with mom friends and sharing stories. Stories have a way of making us feel better, and they're great reminders that no family is perfect. And that's okay. So join us as we share some stories and laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the iMom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the iMom Podcast. This week's story comes from me. I'm Abby, and I'm a mom of two elementary age boys. Joining me today are Chloe, iMom's social media manager, Susan, the founder of iMom and mother to five adult kids, and Megan, who is a toddler, not a toddler mom, that would be weird. She's a mom to a toddler, (laughs) and she's also one of Susan's kids. (laughs) Too young, just too young to be a mom. She's only two. Uh, today's Today's story is called When Disappointment strikes. So here's what happened. Um, My sons play on iPads. We don't have a video game system at our house, but they play on iPads and they're old ones. And so sometimes they want to download games and the, um, the version of the iPad that it is, is not able to support that game. And it happens over and over and over again. And so Liam, my now 10 year old, my 10 year old said, can I mow lawns to earn money to buy a new iPad? And I said, you are more than welcome to to do that. Yes. And I didn't tell him that I would give him any money. I didn't tell him that like, you know, earn half or anything. I just said, go ahead, start mowing lawns. And um, he put out flyers, like he printed flyers and we walked door to door and we put the flyers in the doors. Not one single neighbor called us, (laughs) Um, but he put like, it came up with a name for his business. It's Liam's Lawn Service. And the little name underneath it was good work done by a good kid. And I'm like, I'm like, how do you know? He's a marketing man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so nobody called, nobody called. And then I had like two or three girlfriends who were going out of town for for the summer and they're like if he wants to mow while we're gone that's great and one of them was gone for a month and so we went over three times and mowed and we don't actually have a lawnmower he negotiated with my dad because we use my dad's lawnmower because they live just a few doors down and he said all right gob if i can use your lawnmower i'll mow your lawn for free and if you put gas in it, every time you have to put gas in it, you can have a beer from mom's fridge. Wow. <laughs> so, so what a negotiator. He paid for the gas and beer and then he mowed my dad's lawn to get to be able to use the lawnmower. So it was it was just really remarkable. And we literally drove 20 minutes to mow lawns with the lawnmower in the back of the truck and everything. And by the end of the summer, by his birthday in September, he had earned everything except for like 60 bucks. And so... On his birthday, we, in true iMom fashion, did a scavenger hunt around the house, and it led him Just to- Just so you know, in iMom, we have lots of printables lot. for scavenger I'll, I'll put some in the show notes, <laughs> yes. Um, so the final clue, when he got to it, it was a little gift bag, and it had a certificate, and it said, um, you've earned your iPad, mama will cover the rest of the money, oh. and blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me, and he was so excited, and he said- when can I get it? And his birthday was on a Saturday. I said, we can go to the mall right now. And so the four of us jumped in the car and drove to the mall, went to the Apple store. And he like, you know, we were standing there and they had our name and the ticket and everything. And um, I was like, I'm going to run next door to Sephora. You guys are good. Um, And so I left him there with his stepdad and his brother. And a few minutes later, he walks into Sephora with tears in his eyes. Mm. And he said, 
they don't have any. And I was like, they don't have any iPads? Like, what? what? I know. And it was right when they were making the new version that was supposed to come out Mm -hmm. in October. And so we were kind of in that wave of the old ones are gone, the new ones are coming. And I was like, I am so sorry. I was like, I'm really sorry, buddy. And he said, yeah, they said we can order it online, but it's going to be at least four weeks, maybe six weeks. And I was like, oh, I was just heartbroken for him. And, um, And he looked up at me, he goes, it's okay. And he said, but when we get out to the car, can I hug you and cry? And I was Aww. like, yes, you can. And so we did. We got to the car. We just stood in the parking lot and he gave me a hug and he just cried. And I was like, I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you one bit. I mean, I would be disappointed. I was disappointed for him. Mm-hmm. And then when we got home, it ended up being the same amount of time, like ordering it online wasn't any faster. But beautiful ending to the story is that it actually came within like two weeks. And so wow. he got it pretty, pretty quickly. I already have it and everything. Um, but It's like, how do you, when your child is legitimately disappointed about something and like for a good reason, something that you understand as their parent, how do you say the right thing? How do you help them deal with it without um, robbing them maybe of that opportunity to grow? Well, what I like about what you did and what he did is he expressed his grief Mm -hmm. and wanted to you know, I'm going to cry, which is so good to be that verbal mm-hmm. um, to do that. But I think the the thing as a mom to remember is that was a sweet little disappointed. Obviously, it was just a patience thing. He had to wait. The great thing was he worked really hard for something that he actually did get. Mm. But fast forward 10 years, what if you work really hard to get into a college mm-hmm. and you don't? What if you work really hard to get a job and you don't get it? Or even before that, what if you work really hard to make a team? Yeah. You know, a football team, a basketball team, a soccer team, and you don't get it. I think the thing we want our kids to learn is in the moment he, and he expressed this, there is grief, there is disappointment, there is frustration, there can even be anger. But usually if we wait through that, we our perspective changes. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're a believer and you pray about it with your child and they see this is the Lord redirecting my path. In this case, it was just an iPad, but maybe the Lord was telling him he shouldn't be playing on the Mm -hmm. iPad. Maybe he would have never got it. Who knows? Is talking to the child about the important thing is the conversations that you have with the child about, okay, so let's continue this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, If it weren't like just a simple iPad fix where you know who's going to get it. So Chloe, you were an athlete growing up. Megan, you're an all-star swimmer, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, did you guys ever not make the team or not get something that you were going for in school like talking about that like older kid age because I didn't play sports and so I knew I like I didn't try for anything because I wasn't good yeah I do remember one year my freshman year of high school I'm not trying to be arrogant when I say this but I should have made varsity and all of my friends um, were on varsity and I played club with all of them. So, but at the school team, um, I had a really weird coach and I played varsity every single game, but he had a conversation with me aside from all of my friends and told me he was going to pull me down to JV intermittently. And now looking back, I understand that that was like a manipulation technique. He was trying to, he was trying to make sure I was like 
giving my all so that I could stay on varsity. I would have done that even if he didn't do that to me. Um, but I was really upset because I was embarrassed. Mm -hmm. One, I felt like I deserved to be on varsity. I knew I deserved to be on varsity, but also I was embarrassed because all of my friends were on varsity and they didn't get this little side conversation that I got. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just remember my parents encouraging me of like, you know, the kind of player you are. So just play like it. And you know, if he pulls you down to JV, then, you know, you'll, we'll go from there. But like, just play like you're a varsity player because that's who you are. Um, that's really the only mm -hmm. like sports related example that I can think of for me. The point is it carries through in life. These little disappointments that we learn when we're young, the iPad, mm -hmm. carry as we grow older. What if you become um, you get married and you want to have children and you can't. Mm. What do you do? How do you handle disappointment? And so as the parent, I think it's our job to walk through that and have conversations. How do you feel in the moment? Like you did, he mm -hmm. wanted a hug. And so two days later, was this really, you know, as painful as it felt? Does it? Are you still in pain about it? No, because I know I'm going to get one. Okay, you worked really hard for something and you are going to get the reward. What if you never got it? Play that forward in the mm -hmm. childhood. What if you couldn't overcome this? Would it change your life? Or would it make you realize that sometimes we don't get what we want? No matter how hard we work, mm -hmm. we have limitations. I do think we have kind of raised a generation where everybody got the trophy. We hear that all the time. Everybody got everything and they think, but right. you don't. And at some point, the rubber meets the road. And not everybody gets into every college and not everybody gets every job. And not everybody who wants to be go to the moon gets to go to the moon. Yeah. Well, and being able to share an, an instance with them where you wanted something and you didn't get it. And now in hindsight, you say, I, I wasn't meant to have that. That right. was meant to be someone yeah. else's. Right. And how do you find that balance of allowing them to process their disappointment? Um, because when you immediately share the story of, well, one time I didn't get something, mm -hmm. but it ended up being for good. I feel like it can make somebody feel that their pain is not valid. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you find that balance of it's the right time for that story? We have a printable called Progress Roadmap. And I love that printable because it's it it lays it out as a progress. So in the case of you didn't get in a class or you work really hard for something, well, let's just look at, you know, A, did you do your best? Well, yeah, I did do my best. Okay, then. Okay, you did your best. You can be proud mm -hmm. about that. You're disappointed you didn't hit where you wanted to go. But if you did you, your best, you can do that. Well, if they say I didn't do my best, okay, well, maybe you didn't get it because you could have worked a little harder. So let's map that out. What if you did your best, but the coach just didn't like you mm -hmm. or, the, you know, the unfair times? We'll talk about that. Well, okay, life is going to happen. And sometimes things are going to happen to you that aren't fair. How do you process that disappointment? How do you move around it and not let it hold you back? The problem is with disappointment, there's so many things in life that can happen. And we only have our kids for 18 years. If we just ignore their disappointment and don't help them process and navigate it, then maybe they won't learn from it. They're just going to increasingly get more disappointed and frustrated. I think that that's something that a lot of moms end up doing is we watch the thing happen, the disappointing moment happen. And if our child seems to be okay and handling it okay, then we move on instead mm -hmm. of like you were saying a few minutes ago, walking with them through it and going, okay, so this is what happened. This is how you reacted. And this is how at this point in the story, at least things mm -hmm. are going, you know, we, if we're not being like really proactive and intentional about talking with them and helping them process all of it, I think it's a missed opportunity. Totally. And I'll tell you, I'm going to confess this. 
the mama bear in me that came out in the high school years when it wasn't fair, like when you see a child try out for something or do something or work for something and it's an unfair coach or something like that. Oh my gosh, that was harder for me to yeah. control than mm-hmm. their disappointment because the mama bear in me wants to get in their face and go, look, I know what you're doing. This isn't right. I'm a pretty fair parent. Certain situations I could give specific examples, but it was hard for me to step back and go, okay, God, you're doing something here. Help me to be objective enough to discuss it with the child and not feed their anger and frustration by myself being angry Mm. and frustrated. Yeah. So what do you do then if the thing that they're disappointed about is not legit? You know, for example, um, it's your older child's birthday and the younger one is upset because he doesn't get to open any presents. Like, I'm disappointed. He doesn't say this necessarily, but what if he could articulate it? I'm disappointed because I don't get presents on my brother's birthday. Like, how is that conversation different? I always think you lead with empathy. I understand how that would feel. Yeah, I'd like a present today too. Mm-hmm. I get that. But let's just talk about having joy for our siblings. Mm. When, you know, their successes are, we can all celebrate that. Celebrating other people. It's hard. So thinking back about being a kid and not being a mom. Um, and I know, I think you guys have heard this story before because I think it's in an iMom article. When I was, I lied. I was an athlete in high school. I cheered. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Actually, this was back in the day when cheerleading wasn't really a sport. Like not the kind of cheerleading I did. It wasn't really a sport. You just was, had to look cute, Abby. I just had to wear the skirt and <laughs> smile. Like that was pretty much my style of cheerleading. Um, but my sophomore year, I didn't make the squad. And my mom was a teacher at the school. And so I knew most of the teachers or even if I didn't know them, I had a relationship with them that other students didn't, you know, there was that, that different kind of thing going on. And my mom told me, she's like, sorry, you didn't make it. Um, I don't know if she said those exact words, but she, you know, empathized. But then she said, you need to hold your head up. You need to be respectful. And, and that's it. And come the end of the fall, a few girls were kicked off the squad for grades and they had tryouts again. They held tryouts because they needed more girls. And the coach came to me and she said, I want you to try out again. And she told my mom, because my mom told me that I was the only girl that didn't make it the first time around that didn't give her dirty looks or cop an Mm, attitude with her. I was the only one that was still like looked her in the eye, was still kind to her and, and, you know, a respectful kid. And so I think that now as a mom, when my child experiences disappointment, that's another lesson I want for him, for them to, to learn is like, don't burn your bridges. Mm -hmm. Don't do anything you're going to regret. And don't presume to know that, like why that person made that decision. Mm -hmm. You know, like sometimes they have like coaches sometimes have ideas for like what they want the whole team to look like and you didn't fit that. Mm-hmm. Um, or the university had this many positions and then and you didn't get that, um, you know, swearing off that school or that activity or whatever might not be the right direction. It's just part of life, you know, so not kind of canceling out that thing just because you didn't make it. And I thought that was a really, yeah. a really good lesson. Well, and I think a really important piece of that too, is when you can ask for feedback, because yeah. I have learned so much in asking, you know, not in a terrible way being like, well, why didn't I get that position or whatever it might be? You know, what can I work on? What feedback mm-hmm. can you give me? Mm-hmm. And that's probably a tougher concept for a child to understand. But um, I think, where, where you can, I just learned a ton asking for that feedback. 
I think one other thing that it's important that kind of relates to what you said, Abby, is you don't want to allow your child to blame it on somebody else. Well, Mm -hmm. I didn't make it because she doesn't like me or I didn't make it because of that. Like you could have, like those other girls were giving the coach dirty looks thinking it was the coach and it wasn't anything that was their fault. And I think as a mom, we can feed that by saying, well, of course you didn't make it Mm -hmm. because of, Mm -hmm. you know, they were just, because then the child will learn just to constantly think it's somebody else instead of taking responsibility for, it just wasn't my time or maybe I didn't do my best, I can work harder, or maybe God is redirecting my life to do something else. And any of those are good things. Mm -hmm. Like Megan said, asking for feedback or, um, you know, looking for other opportunities. A couple of times I did have to redirect my kids to other sports or other things and said, okay, when a door closes, another one opens, look for other, you can, the point is to be active and involved and there may be a group of kids in a club or something that need you yeah. and what you have to offer instead of this team that maybe doesn't need your time. Mm-hmm. Whether you, and, and, you know, letting them know that whether you're middle school going into high school, high school going into college, these are times to recreate yourself. And don't take your losses as something I can never do that again or I shouldn't try out for anything. You can always recreate and explore other things to do if you've been disappointed in one area or persevere. So much of this conversation has reminded me of a book that I read for an iMom article. It's 13 Things Strong Kids Do. It's by Amy Morin. And it's about your child having mental strength. And like I picked out a few for this article. One of them is they stop feeling sorry for themselves. Mm -hmm. They empower themselves. They adapt to change. They persist. They create their future. And like they stop feeling sorry for themselves. That's what it kind of just reminded me of with that story, Susan, is that, you know, if your if your child doesn't make the team or doesn't get invited to a birthday party or gets a bad grade after they actually studied and put the, the work in, you know, it's all part of childhood. And sad thoughts are healthy, but self-pity thoughts mm. lead to exaggeration and hopelessness. So for instance, if your pet dies, a sad thought was, would be, I'm really going to miss... Fido, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to be the same without Fido in our house if your child says that. But a self-pity thought would be, well, he was my dog. Fido was my dog and no one else is going to miss him as much as I do. So if you have a child who tends to feel sorry for himself, you can help make him mentally strong, help him flex that muscle by helping him notice when the thoughts are too negative to be true and replace them with mm-hmm. something that is true. Or in this book, she says, replace blue thoughts with true thoughts, which oh, I thought was really yeah. cute. That's cute. So you could say, you know, yes, you had a special relationship with Fido, but we're all going to miss him because he was part of our family. And so that helps them take those thoughts that are negative and are maybe um, too negative and grows the kid to be stronger, more mentally strong. And I think that when it comes to disappointment, this is just so important. I didn't make that team and my life is over. Right. I'm never going to have friends again because they all play soccer and mm-hmm. I didn't make the soccer team. And you're like, well, could we be exaggerating here? Mm-hmm. Is this real? I look at a lot of the people, really successful people in the world. And one of the things I notice about so many of them is that adventurous flexibility. Mm. Like of, oh, okay, I didn't get that, but hey, I can do this. And mm-hmm. moving on and just thinking, you know, that kind of I'm riding the roller coaster and whether the roller coaster is going up or down, I'm going to ride it yeah. and not, I'm not going to get off the ride. Yep. I'm, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to find the fun in wherever it leads me, 
even if there's disappointments in what I wanted along the way, knowing that there's something better coming up. Yeah, I really struggled with this when I was a kid. I had pity parties all the time. And if whether it was not passing my driver's license test on the first time or not, you know, making this soccer team where all my friends were, my life was over. I was very dramatic. And I don't, I don't know. I feel like I always felt things so much more intense than my brothers or maybe Mm -hmm. my friends. Like, how do you, I like the true versus the blue thoughts and replacing those um, feelings with the truth. But how do you create space for those feelings, but also, you know, not allow too much space to where it becomes routine for these kids? Mm -hmm. I think some kids are more dramatic in their emotions. Some kids feel emotions more. Yeah. More. And it's a bigger deal. And, and, and I'm, I'm thinking of one of my kids. Why does this always happen to me? Mm. Well, remember this happened to your brother last year, (laughs) you know, but, but to them it's worse. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just a bigger deal. And helping them find the reality is a little harder because they do feel it more. My mom always said, you feel things out of 10. She said, yeah. Asher, my brother, Asher, Josiah, they fill things at a four, out of five. Yeah. You fill things at a 10. And she's like, that's a great thing. Because when you're happy, you you're experience really happy. so much joy. <laughs> I, but just know you're going to experience the other emotions yeah. strong. Too. I think that a really, if, if, you know, if you have a child who feels things intensely, I think that a really great thing to do is to go to that feel wheel, you mm. know, help them name their emotions. If you don't have the well, we have the feel wheel as a printable. This We've is like advanced a big, feel yeah. wheel now. Yeah. But like to even talk to him or her about like, okay, I know you're disappointed, but can we talk about like what else you're feeling? Like, let's pick another word. Are you jealous? Mm. Are you afraid? Are you feeling anxious? Like all of those feelings could be what's leading to the disappointment or, or masked by disappointment, but you're actually you're jealous that the other kid made it or you're anxious that you're not going to be able to make new friends or you are afraid that since you didn't get into the school that you applied for, then all of your plans are are appended now. And so I think that for the kids that feel intensely, it's not, you shouldn't say, don't worry, you're overreacting. You should help them identify a deeper level of what they're they're feeling. I think that's a really great opportunity actually to help your kid grow in their emotional intelligence too. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think another point that I was thinking about too, as my two-year-old starts parenting and mimicking everything we're doing is how do I personally handle disappointment in front of him? Because I, I remember I was really mad about something the other day and I was kind of talking louder and faster. And then I could tell he was getting frustrated just because he could feel I was frustrated. And so it just made me stop and realize that I need to be very aware of how I handle frustration and disappointment Mm -hmm. in front of him because that's probably how he's going to end up handling it. Not just how you handle it, but that they see you handling it. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of us want to pretend like nothing frazzles us or, you know, we don't want our kids to see any kind of struggle or difficulty. And so they don't ever even get to see the good or the bad way that we, that we deal with it, you know? But I think that it it also depends on the your personality type. You know, if you are very emotional, like we were just saying, you know, Chloe's kids are going to see a different disappointment than my kids are going to see. Because if you are always at a 10, if you feel at a 10 and, you know, Megan, you and I feel at a 
three <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> like it's just going to be a different experience. But I think my kids often like see me if I'm really disappointed. I think I'm, I'm like that. Wow. That's a bummer. Mm. And then I move on. I just, mm. it, most stuff doesn't really ruffle my feathers that much. Do you think I get ruffled, Megan? Do you remember you, dad gets ruffled? I think. Um, I can't really, I have a terrible memory. So <laughs> I guess it wasn't too traumatizing. Then. I'm not that messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how my parents handled disappointment and what I saw them deal with. You know, we didn't have a ton of money growing up. Like money was always tight. And I remember them always talking about paying bills and and making ends meet and things like that. And so I think that's my most vivid memory of watching people deal with disappointment was being really hard workers and still having to kind of persevere and sacrifice. You know, when my dad lost his job at one point and they were down to one income and it wasn't like it robbed them of their joy or their their peace. It was just, all right, here's how we're going to handle this. So I think that there's also, you know, teaching opportunities for how to remember what's important when you're disappointed, you know? Well, I think in my adult life, one thing I've come to realize is expectations and setting those expectations for myself. Cause one thing I realized is sometimes I tend to have a very high expectation of myself, other people and experience, whatever it is, you name it. And so sometimes for myself, I have to set realistic expectations in order to manage my disappointment because I can tend to be a perfectionist and I just have to remember that not everything's going to be perfect things are going to go wrong. And I need to have that in the back of my mind so that I'm not constantly disappointed over little things. Mm -hmm. I think as our kids grow, they have to learn an awareness of what is really important. And, you know, teaching that in all things, we have to choose joy. Mm -hmm. If we're going to grow more Christ-like, choosing joy, no matter what our circumstances are. And that is the believer's way of combating disappointment. It's like, oh yeah, I feel that disappointment coming on because I didn't get this or not that, but I choose joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and that's something we have to model first is how do we choose joy in all things? Tell us how you help your kids deal with disappointment or if you have a great story to share, we would love to hear it. You can send your story through Instagram at imom.com, Facebook at imom. Or you can email us, I'm mom at Family First. You can find links to all the things we chatted about, like the book, 13 Things Strong Kids Do, the printables, like the scavenger hunt and the progress roadmap. What was the third printable we mentioned, Susan? There's another. Wheel. The feel wheel. We'll put all of those in the show notes. And we've also provided a link to subscribe to our iMom Minute so you can get quick daily inspiration right in your inbox. Make sure you rate us on iTunes if you enjoyed listening. Thanks. Bye-bye. The I'm On Podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal. Edited by Isaiah Gunther.